Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, regular listeners know that we always talk to economists on this show to get a handle on where, where we're heading economically into the marketplace. It's been literally years since I spoke to Stephen Kinsella, who's now Professor of Economics at the University of Limerick, as well as the economics writer with The Currency. Good morning to you, Stephen. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I, I'm really good, Stephen, and I'd be interested. I know uh, you've done regularly, and I've, I've actually read it on a regular basis. You do a kind of a where are we now and where are we going, I suppose, looking at the economic state of the nation. And could I maybe ask your analysis uh, of the current economic scenario as we chat here uh, at the end of uh, August in 2023? Well, every. So often I do this big review and it's about 12,000 words. So it's quite a long, you know, long piece. The average opinion column is kind of 800 words. I typically write about 1,200 words. And, and this is, this is you know, 10 times that length. And it's really trying to get a, a, a deep dive into w- w- the major trends that are happening in uh, the Irish economy. And, you know, the, 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 the Cliff Notes version of it, uh, Bobby, is, is that... Um, it, there's a generational divide. Everybody under 40 is essentially experiencing a completely different economy to everybody over 40. Um, and that has, that's true for households, it's true for businesses, and it's certainly true for the government. Let's um, look at just, let's yeah. hold you there for a second on that one, Stephen, because are we now looking at a, a generation, and we hear, you know, the, the, the line trotted out, of, you know, ones that could actually be poorer than their parents. Is, is this is this going to be an, e- an economic reality for people who are less than 40 as we speak? Yeah, so I think the way I, the way I think about it um, is in terms of assets. So if you think about how most people acquire assets, they get into their kind of late 20s, early 30s, they get a, they get a job, they get a pension, they get a house. And it's typically pensions and houses that account for almost 80% of, of the assets of the household sector in this country. Um, now you've got a whole bunch of people who are kind of in their early 40s, and they have no pension and no house. Yeah. Um, and, so, and so you play that forward by 20 or 30 years, and then you've got a bunch of old people who have no pension and no house. Um, and and the, the specter of pension or poverty um, is, 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 is real, you know, and it's, it's a real policy problem. The other kind of big issue... Um, which is coming up a lot, is our inability to deal with the uh, obvious effects of climate change. Um, so climate change is this big, scary word, but really what it boils down to is extreme weather. So it's a lot more rain, a lot more sun, and we don't really have a good sense of the mechanisms that we need to put in to cope with that. Yeah. Um, and, and like, the, you know, if you just think of very simply, m- climate change in Ireland means more rain. So it means more flooding. So we should have a, a much more comprehensive flood flood plan um, and flooding plan. And we simply don't. Um, and some of that's because we don't have a construction people, but, you know, there's lots of other reasons uh, why not. So these are two kind of medium-term problems that will happen. Like, they will happen the same way everyone's ageing at one second per second. We absolutely know we need to have a better pension provision system. So, and, so if, uh, if we stay with yeah. that for a second and we look at... Uh, the cohort that you refer to there, the people who have been, you know, through no fault of their own, maybe late to the party in terms of acquiring assets, acquiring pensions. Like, would it be the end of the world if if people had to work longer and that they were basically 
able to rent affordable accommodation. So as long as they were able to afford it and as long as they were healthy and able to work, would that be the end of the world from a societal point of view? Uh, absolutely not, except that our system of uh, ownership rights and regulations around that kind of long-term leasing don't, don't exist. Um, so uh, I, I, I typically tell this story. My, my, my wife's uh, grandfather it was, uh, is in Germany or was in Germany, and uh, he was in his late 80s when he was told that he was being evicted. Um, and, uh, you know, he was told that he would have up to 10 years to find a different place to live. And so well, will be grant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and sure enough, the, the, the eviction never came. And so uh, you contrast that with here, uh, Bobby, you know, that the tenants rights aren't simply not as strong. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, the level of regulation isn't there. The long term leases aren't there. But, you know, we, we haven't got affordability into the system in any sense. And in fact, uh, you know, as I point out kind of repeatedly in the piece, there's a whole bunch of people in their kind of 40s and 50s who are the recipients of the fact that, you know, house prices have risen and they've risen very, very rapidly. These, the, you know, the, the unemployment rate is less than 3.4%. So they're doing very, very well. The economy is booming. So if you've got a business, you're doing all right. Like, and uh, if you've got a house, you're doing more than all right. Um, and through no fault of your own, you're, you're acquiring an equity uplift. And so it is interesting to kind of point out with you never hear from these people. And, and one of the reasons you don't is because they're doing so well. There's another factor here in that if you talk about the, you know, the divide in society around uh, the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer, if if the transfer of wealth is through assets such as family homes and that, it, that's what will happen is that the rich will stay being rich and it'll be very, very difficult for people who don't own property to acquire wealth. Exactly. Now, one of the one of the things that is important to point out is that income inequality in Ireland. So the difference between the richest people in terms of income and the poorest people in terms of income has actually gone down in recent years. So we're we're a much more equal society than we were ten or fifteen years ago. Um, but when it comes to wealth inequality, which is what you're talking about, the stock of assets, housing, and pensions and stuff, and we actually have fairly poor data on that. Um, but what 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 it does show is that uh, at the very upper end. Um, uh, those who have these assets are they're doing very very well, and you know they're you know effectively they're not being taxed uh, uh, in the same way that they would be if they were in England or or in Switzerland or something like that, and and uh, it's a very good you know tax or nearly tax free asset housing yeah. as opposed to you know bonds or, or or anything else. But you know things things are changing. There are a lot of positives as well. By the way, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom, uh, uh, but but by any by any stretch of the imagination. But that is the major finding, and you know that we will see big changes in our political system and, and, and indeed in our, our economic system as, as this kind of realization dawns on people as they walk into their um, 40s and, and into their 50s, they realize, oh my God, you know, I have 20, 25, maybe 30 years left to go. Yeah, I know yeah, there is another important point, which is that there's a big difference between lifespan and health span. So we have the, we have the highest life expectancy in Europe uh, in Ireland, um, it's a huge triumph for our health system. Not not generally acknowledged, but it's absolutely true. Um, but in terms of health span, so how many years after you after 65 are you healthy for? Um, it turns out to be something like 12 to 13 years on average. Um, obviously, different between the genders. Um, and so, uh, you know, if we could find ways to extend the health span to make sure that we are as we age we get healthier. 
um, or, or we're healthier for longer, then you, you can expect people to work a little bit longer. But, you know, you, you can also expect that um, that they'll be living a little bit longer yeah. as well. And, and, and all these things need to be understood and sort of provided for. I don't get a sense that in that this conversation is really happening um, at a sufficiently detailed level, okay. um, certainly at the town and city level. And, and I, I, I definitely don't think it's happening at the individual level. Could I ask you your views, Stephen, on the current interest rate environment where, again, uh, the ECB, uh, the interest rate cuts and all that, and then I suppose the behaviour of the banks whereby they're trotting out this argument that we're, you know, we're not putting up mortgage interest rate as much as we could, but really we're giving sod all to people that have money on deposit. How long can that stay going? Well, I think that they're... This is a classic case of uh, economics. We call this rockets and feathers, you know. So when the price of something goes up, uh, they pa- uh, the firms pass it on like a rocket, and when it comes down, they pass it on like a feather, yeah. you know. And that's just a, that's a very, very, very common finding. It happens everywhere, um, and this is exactly what's happening. The banks, so the banks are recording record profits. Um, they're they're doing quite well, and and, and that's okay. Um, uh, as long as they eventually pass these uh, things, these, they, particularly to savers, to depositors, um, you know, we, if, if if it's the case that the cost of funds for a bank like Bank of Ireland or EIB is one or one and a half percent, um, they should be passing deposit rates. We should be seeing deposit rates at three and four and five percent. But we're not. You know? uh, no, we're not. We're seeing three percent as, as the highest. So that 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 needs to normalise. Um, the other thing is in terms of, the, of interest rates. Um, going forward, it's, pre- it's been pretty clearly signaled that the Federal Reserve in the U.S. is going is not going to raise rates in September, um, which will be good for people in the U.S. And um, for the for for Europe, it's quite a different matter. It, it seems like interest rates will continue to rise, you know, because inflation, while it's coming down, is still quite sticky here. Right, and that's uh, and they've been very clear on that. And interest rates rising changes everything. You know, we, we've had ten years of essentially free money um uh for for many 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 businesses and you know that it changes the the discounted cash flows it changes how people think about whether to lend you money or not it changes whether you're going to be able to expand your business it changes um whether you think you're going to be able to afford a house you know and yeah. um, you're taking a mortgage out in January of this year versus March of this year you know you're talking 2 3 400 quid in the difference in the mortgage just because the interest rate increases, and depending on the size of the mortgage, of course, and it's yeah. the same thing. In, um, it's the same thing in other places, uh, of course. You know, but in Ireland in particular, we, we we don't have a we don't have a competitive banking system necessarily. It's almost a duopoly, um, and we 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 also don't have a situation where um, the cost of credit is really amenable to businesses. Uh, so you know, the, in fairness to the government, it, it has produced incredibly large supports. Uh, for many businesses, so like you know, and you you'll you'll be w- well more aware of this than me, Bobby. But you know, the the the, the Irish government does actually do a huge amount to support its yeah. um, business. Can always do more, but but there are um, there are huge supports there. And um, but have have trading conditions changed? Absolutely. But the economy is absolutely booming at the moment. Um, and you well, know, the unemployment level is so low as to be concerning. Like that's how low it is. Yeah. You know. Well, look, on that positive note, we'll leave it there, Stephen, and we'll catch up with you again economically now that we've re-engaged, so to speak. But thanks very much for joining us, and we'll let you back uh, to all the CEO stuff and all the exciting stuff that's happening at the University of Limerick. But Stephen Kinsella, economics writer with The Currency and Professor of Economics from the University of Limerick, thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure. 
Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.